Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life Success and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through becoming your own banker step-by-step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace. And we might have a little fun along the way. Hey, welcome back to our listeners at Life Success and Legacy podcast. Um, If you guys had the opportunity to listen in on our conversations offline when we're not recording, uh, (laughs) you would either find it highly amusing and entertaining or... Um, it would give you a real dose of reality as to who we are and <laughs> Mike Everett and how we operate. We were just talking about the cost of acquisition. And as is always the case, Mike Everett and I are so different and we view things <laughs> approaches so differently. I, I came with an idea, woke up like at 3.30 in the morning. I was like, this is the analogy we can use to help people understand. Oh. So I share it with Mike and he's like, yeah, I don't think so. That's not. Really uh, could we I remind our? Could we remind our listeners the cost of acquisition is page sixty-eight. <laughs> so, to our oh. listeners who've been joining us, if you're brand new to us, uh, boy, I'd tell you go back and listen to some previous ones. <laughs> we this are in awesome. becoming your own banker, the fifth edition by R. Nelson Nash, and uh, this book is an amazing gift for. For all oh. of us, um, we are on page sixty-eight, and the the uh, page the the title of the page is the cost of acquisition, and it's a really really super important point that Nelson is making. It is not complicated, but it is very important, especially in the context of infinite banking, and. Um, When we think of the cost of acquisition, Mike Everett, in your background, your experience, you've been a business owner, um, you've owned several businesses, and um, when you think of the the different examples of your business that you've had, how do you relate the cost of acquisition? What does that mean to you? Well, you know, I've got maybe a couple of different directions. You know, we owned a, uh, we owned a service oriented business, a laundromat back in the eighties and in the late eighties and early nineties, we owned a retail business. So you can actually go from different avenues 
you know, when we had our service oriented business, we had the cost of acquisition was when we bought a laundromat, you've got, you've got equipment, you've got supplies, you've got parts, you've got uh, different things that you're adding to the business that there is a cost to that. Yeah. Um, but w- why did we get into the laundromat business? We got in the laundromat business to make a living, but yet there was some financing that went along with all that. I mean, I didn't just come to the table with, you know, $150,000. I had to finance that thing. And literally I had zero dollars that I brought to the table. So not only is there the the financing piece, there is the interest cost piece, and then they finance it over time. And then in the midst of all of that, you're, you're, you're changing out equipment, things break down, you're mm-hmm. adding different, uh, uh, different features, whether it be video games or vending machines. So there's a huge amount of different acquisitions that cost, um, and I'm thinking about, you know, in the, in the mid to early, you know, early to mid eighties, it doesn't seem like it was very much now, but boy, back then it was a tremendous cost, Mm -hmm. but then you flip it to the retail business that we bought in downtown Lawrence and wow, you've got, You've got not just the cost of the business, but you've got the inventory. You've got the different uh, um, displays and the the renovations that you make within the business. Um, Rent. (laughs) I mean, you talk about costs. That that was a nightmare. Um, In fact... uh, Nelson, uh, I'm jumping in here because Nelson, yeah. used, I, I want to pull an example from this this chapter, but then I want to take it back to the grocery store, which you always do such a great job of talking about all the steps that have to happen before the doors even open, right? Right. So uh, in in Nelson, in this chapter, he talks about, um, first of all, this hammer cost of being $17, right? Right. <laughs> But he says the time of the seven people cost a hundred dollars. That's so right. He's talking about even before you actually sell it. He uses Lee Iacocca uh, in his book, and he talked about how they got a government loan, and then they had to they had to go and lobby um, oh. to get the government. Loan. So there are all these steps that lead up to even before you get to the point of financing, of even right. going to a bank to get the financing. And, and you always do such a great job. Let's, let's use Nelson's words. Let's go back to the grocery store example. What are all the steps that he uses to explain the cost of acquisition before he even gets to actually opening the doors, financing the, the business? Well, when you start to think about a grocery store, you got to have a piece of land you got to construct a building. You've got to uh, buy shelving and coolers and freezers in order to hold the inventory. Then, by the way, you got to buy the inventory to put on the shelves and put in the coolers and the freezers. You have to have people to do that work. You have to then think about 
paying those people. Um, and then on top of that, you have to do some advertising. So when you actually open the doors, people will come see you. And I think about that whole process of creating and building and putting together a grocery store is somewhere between 18 months and three years for all of that to happen. So the amount of money that you have spent before you actually go over and put the key in the door and open the doors wide up is a tremendous amount of money. It is in the millions of dollars in today's market. And yet people don't think anything about that. And going back to the actual page 68 of the cost of acquisition, you know, they literally, in Lee Iacocca's book and the example that they used, they talked about how he was going to get this government-backed loan, and then there was going to be a ton of lobbying to try to get this money, and that they were going to do it in three phases. And every single phase, you know, phase two and phase three, they had to go back and do all of this schmoozing and yeah. hand-holding and, you know, kissing baby's cheeks. <laughs> and then the bottom line was... All of the above, talking about all of this financing and handholding and stuff like that. All of the above antidote is the cost of acquisition. The cost of finance itself was in addition to all of that. But who paid for all of that activity? It was the people who bought the cars. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Nelson used a great example. You know, you'd see these semi trucks driving up and down the road and you'd see these little signs on the back of the uh, truck that would say, this truck pays X amount of dollars in taxes. And Nelson would go, that truck pays no money in taxes. It's the consumer that pays that. It's you and me that pays the cost of all that stuff. So when you think about the, the car situation, it's the consumers. If you think about um, the grocery store, they pass that on in the cost of goods. So it's not very difficult to see that there's a whole lot of deception going on when these kinds of things happen. This is what I think made Nelson's message so incredible because, and you even stated this on the front end, it's simple, but oh, how difficult it is because the mindset of the person who maybe is reading Nelson's book for the very first time is not geared towards this kind of acquisition when thinking about 
setting up their own infinite banking plan. This is why I think that we at Life Success and Legacy do a tremendous job in the education piece of bringing people into a different paradigm in the way that they think and helping them think through their own personal situations in what does this look like for you? How would, it, how would you go about beginning and acquiring your own infinite banking plan? Um, the awesome thing about IBC, you don't have to go through any of this mess. It simplifies but there, things for sure. Well, yeah. there's still a cost of acquisition though. There is, yeah. yeah. I, I was just thinking about, um, so we take this, the, these examples, we talked about business, the Iacocca, you know, all those things that, that people have done, your examples from your businesses, and we take that and apply it to people starting their own IBC banking system be, because it's so autonomous. You get to control so much of that process, but there's still oh my. the cost of acquisition to get to that point. Not everybody can get life insurance, right? There That's is right. a process that you have to go through to even get the thing in place. And then there's the capitalization phase. So in your eyes, how do you see that cost of acquisition applying to people starting their own IBC system? Well, uh, I'm going to get back to some basics. <laughs> Let's see. Principle number one is think long term. Um, that means that we've got to think generationally. We've got to think at least 10, if not 20 and 30 years from now. Nelson, though, thinks 60 and 70 years. Right. So helping people think long-term is probably the key. That's why I think it was principle number one. Number two, there's got to be some capitalization. Mm -hmm. So if I'm buying a business, I gotta, I've got to shove some money into the business or buy the business in order to receive the profits of the business, uh, you know, or create an income for myself. So there is a capitalization phase with IBC. I'm going to say it out loud. There are premium costs to making this work. There is a cost of the life insurance itself. So think long-term, don't be afraid to capitalize or capitalize your system generously. And then utilizing the system is important too. And that's really uh, as simple as it can get. And, uh, you know, now 16 plus years later, I would do it all over again, but I would do it in a, a greater fashion than what I have done before, knowing the things that I know. Mm -hmm. So well, even, even you think about um, the cost of acquisition for you and starting Life Success and Legacy as the founder of Life Success and Legacy to get started. I mean, you you traveled around and you followed Nelson and you yep. learned and you read the book over and over and over again. And you went to think tanks and you connected with other IBC coaches, all of that before you, you may have even had a client. You got, uh, I did. I, you got it contract. was probably over a year. 
-hmm. it literally was over a year. Um, you know, and I even think about, you know, in the early days when I had the old uh, 97 F-150 yeah. and I literally bought cases of books. I got myself a, uh, a projector. I got myself some uh, business cards. I had to buy a, a tablecloth with our logo on it. I, I bought some materials with, that would work and I created some handouts and flyers and, and I would just start going around and then I would have to go to different places. I'd go to Nebraska, I'd go to Iowa, I'd go to Missouri, I'd go to the Kansas, all these different association meetings. That's the call of the cost of acquisition. That is taking time, energy, money and pouring it into what you're going to do for a living. So helping people completely understand the value of acquisition in creating your own system through IBC. Uh, once again, I'm gonna get back to our education process. You know, we, we have some people that will actually take us up on the education. We will have a number of people walk away. And we're okay with either one of them mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we take such a low, low key approach to why we do what we do. Well, it's, it's almost like a, um, um, you know, a testing ground. It's not really, we're not testing people, but it, it serves in that capacity to actually go through our education process. Because if someone's willing to invest in reading the book and attending a webinar and going to a boot camp and um, doing consultations and doing the dream conversation, all those steps that we go through, by the time they come out the other end of that, that funnel, they are prepared to run their own IBC system. They really are. From coaches, right? With support from us. But if they're not willing to go through that, the likelihood of them being successful with their own banking system goes down um, dramatically, I would, I would expect. Well, uh, I will tell you that Nelson says that every IBC plan that you start is like starting a new business. So helping people understand that they're starting a business, it's IBC, it's whole life insurance, but it's like starting a brand new business and helping them understand that there are some upfront costs that they are going to experience, mm -hmm. but yet the benefits of then helping them understand where they are and where they're trying to get to is, is our job as a team to get them to grasp how effective IBC is for their journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So as I was thinking about this, you know, Mike, you and I think about things differently. And from my education background, um, I started thinking about um, how can I, how can we articulate the cost of acquisition in a different context for those just maybe to add some more understanding. And I think about a relationship and I think about like uh, the dating phase that we go through, you know, with our, our spouses before we're right. married. And, and I was thinking about, um, you know, the different things that I did to acquire, that sounds awful, but, but <laughs> you know, to, 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 um, to court Sean, my That's wife. a better word. Yeah. That's a better I mean, word. It, it, the, the cost of acquisition is really courting, right? 
It is. Uh, for example, in Lee Iacocca's example, what they were doing is they were courting the the people who were in charge of possibly giving them a government loan, right? Oh yeah. Well, we do the same thing in relationships, and and it's you know it's the dates that we go on. It's taking them out to eat. Um, it is the, uh, I remember I planned, a, Sean loves to ski and I planned a ski trip for her oh, and, wow. um, it's putting together, you know, music tapes, uh, things like that. You may have written a poem. I don't think I, oh, I, I was a, I was a poet. Oh, you're a poet. You're oh, a buddy. man though. Yeah. <laughs> Sean actually, I was telling her about, um, this podcast and what I want to do And She ran upstairs and grabbed this. And this oh, is man. an old coupon book that I made for her when we were courting. And uh, it's got a bunch of different little coupon things that I made for her, but she hung on to that. And oh, wow. that courting process is kind of like, in a different context, it is kind of like the cost of acquisition with starting an IBC policy or starting a business or so forth. It's, it's intense we're investing a lot mm -hmm. with a long-term goal in mind is this is a person that I want to spend time with and I'm going to do, put on my, my best foot forward to That's right. be able to invest for this relationship long-term. Now, I don't know about you, but I think a lot of wives think, okay, what happened to that guy <laughs> during the courting phase? Where did that romance, where did that creativity, where did all that go, right? Oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the same thing can happen in our, in our business life and in our IBC world is we can be very dialed in, very attuned to what we're accomplishing. And then we get down the road and we get sloppy. Yep. And that brings it back to why we do the ongoing coaching mm. with our clients. Yep. It is to, you know, I can't tell you down the road, we're, we're meeting with a client two, three years down the road and we're having a conversation and we find out that they're storing money in a savings account and yet oh. they have a loan balance or they took on a new job and they're contributing to their 401k uh, again, which is their choice, right? Right. But we all kind of lose track unless we stay laser focused on what the goal at hand is. And what helps that is the ongoing coaching attending the boot camps, the webinars, talking with other IBC people um, to, to that, keep us. That's actually a principle number five, rethink your thinking. Rethink your thinking, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's man. good stuff. Mike Everett, anything else on the cost of acquisition you want to touch on before we wrap up? Well, um, with IBC, you are in competition with others who must go through the erosion, this cost of acquisition that has been outlined. But with IBC, guess who wins? You, the all policy owner. All day long, you win because you will do something different than everybody else. All the guys that you're working with or all the gals that you're you know, working with and, and doing social events with, They're, they will not go through what you are willing to go through. And Nelson says that you win if you're willing to go through it. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, this kind of brings it full circle now. And I talk about this 
every so often. I've been in the insurance business for 30 plus. I have delivered one death claim. I'm getting ready to deliver the second one in the next three to four weeks. You talk about you win because when death happens, and it's going to happen for all of us, people who have participated in the infinite banking concept, they're winning in life right now. But when death happens, not just they win, but their entire family wins. And that to me brings it full circle when you start to think about what we do. And you and I chuckle because I used to say, hey, I'm just a life insurance guy. Mm-hmm. But yet we ask everybody, what's more important to you now? Cash or life insurance? And everybody invariably says cash. But the awesome thing about IBC is you get both. Yeah, to me, it's 1A and 1B. To, to me, <laughs> in our circumstances, it was we needed to find a more efficient way to use our dollars Yep. than what we were doing before. That's 1A. But 1B, because I'm legacy-minded, um, and in, in my line of work at the time, you know, as an educator, I wasn't making a bunch of money, and I did not see a path for me to leave a financial legacy. Right. We're, that's 1B for me now, is the fact that we got a bunch of death benefit yep. that I will be able to leave a financial legacy. It's pretty huge. Family. So it's, yeah, cash is number one. That's 1A, but 1B for me is the, the legacy piece that my family, yep. I know my family's taken care of. I do not have to worry about that. I never think about that. I know if something happens to me, they're good. I was so. thinking about all that when I was painting the house. When you're high up on that ladder doing the piece. When I was 30, 32 feet in the air with the ladder in the back of the pickup and I was clear up at the peak, painting the peak. And then Linda comes around the corner and goes, Hey, what are you doing up there? And then I took that ladder and I, I shook that ladder. I said, honey, if I've come down, I said, you'll be set up. <laughs> that, that may transition us to our next podcast, which is called, but I can get a higher rate of return. Maybe Linda was thinking that when you were up there shaking that. Oh, I'm you. Like, I know how I can get a higher rate of return. Oh, buddy. <laughs> one of these days we'll have to tell the story about you burning your eyebrows off. That was a good Oh one. my goodness. I tell you, I was <laughs> I told somebody that in the last couple of weeks. I said, man, it's about time for me to have another good burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for our listeners, thanks for joining in. We are going to transition to um, our next podcast, which is which is on page 69, and it is, but I can get a higher rate of return. How often do we get asked about that or do we hear that comment? Um, so that'll be a fun one to go through. Um, yep. I think people enjoy that because a lot of times that's a question that's on their mind. So yep. to our listeners, thank you again for joining us. Um, check us out at lifesuccesslegacy.com. We've got multiple books on there. Um, if you are into family banking, which I personally love that whole concept, uh, we've got our book, Family Banking with Purpose. If you've not read Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash, or if you're a business owner, The Case for IBC is the book that we recommend check out all of those and go back and listen to some of our earlier uh, podcasts, especially if you're new to infinite banking. 
Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on our next episode.